Hello, welcome to this Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, Matt, this is going to be the first time I think I've done a recording in the morning, probably ever since I started this podcast. So um, we got that going. You know, it, it, there's got to be weird times during this week because. Um, well, I might be Outer Banks for the week on a socially distanced beach trip. Have not been, a- I was not able to do an episode yesterday, but I'm glad I was able to get one in today, and we're gonna hopefully have one Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So to get four out of five days for episodes this week before we really ramp it up next week is that it'll be the week before the season starts. So, a lot to get to on this show today. Today's show, of course, is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Reliably low prices. RockAuto.com. Um, we're going to start today by talking about the goaltending situation from training camp. A lot has come up from over the weekend and past couple scrimmages and just with training camp. So we're going to get that. Um, we'll also have some more training camp updates. You know, Sidney Crosby, of course, is out right now. We're really not sure what the issue is. It doesn't look like it's anything coronavirus related, which, you know, thank God, but it also could potentially be an injury. Um, but also the nine players that were deemed unfit to participate, they are back practicing, so that means Patrick Hornquist is back, though he did not participate in this skate yesterday. But like I said, first off, we are going to touch on this goaltending situation. So the first scrimmage came along. You know, it did not take very long for the Murray-Jari situation to come back. You know, four months of not, not having it, you know, it was always going to come back. I miss you all dearly, as I tweeted out, you know, with those kind of takes. But so Matt Murray basically had... So he was goaltending the team that had the two bottom six lines for the Penguins. And this was um, when Cindy Crosby was playing in the first scrimmage. Of course, he left um, about, I think it was halfway through that scrimmage with an injury. But so anyways, so yeah, Murray was goaltending the team that had the two bottom six lines. So he was going up against the Penguins top six. So he gives up seven goals throughout the scrimmage. Tristan Jari gives up none, but, you know, he also had the luxury of playing with the top six players. So, of course, you know, all the pitchforks came out. Oh, my God, Matt Murray sucks. Oh, my God, Matt Murray's not ready for camp. Oh, my God, seven goals is really, really a big deal in a training camp scrimmage. And it's like, you all just need to chill the hell out. I mean, it it really is just ridiculous at this point with how many people are just, like, turning on Matt Murray just full on after just one scrimmage. And then yesterday the Penguins had their second scrimmage, so Matt Murray this time was goaltending the team with the top six lines. Well, of course, minus Sidney Crosby, who did not play yesterday. So Evan Rodriguez was taking his place. But still, so then Matt Murray gave up three goals. I think the game ended in a tie 3-3. Tristan Jari gave up three goals with the bottom six players. And, you know, I remember yesterday when Tristan Tristan Jari gave up that first goal. Oh, my God. Hey, guys, does Tristan Jari suck now? Or are we just going to only do that for Matt Murray? It's just the Penguins fan base is very, has always been very, very weird when it comes to Matt Murray. I've never really understood it. I guess some people are still mad that Matt Murray took Marc-Andre Fleury's job. You know what? Tough shit. Tough shit. You know what? Does Matt Murray not smile enough for some people? Does Matt Murray not prank people enough for some people? I really don't know what it is. Um, If if you're talking in terms of level of play, yes, Matt Murray's play has dipped since that 2016-17 Stanley Cup run where he led the team to -to back-to-back championships. I don't think anyone would deny that. I think if you're denying that, you're just kind of being a homer. His play has absolutely dipped. He has not been a 937 goaltender since then, since he was in the playoffs that year. And I think the year before that, in 2016, he was around 925. So no, he has not been the same goaltender those first couple years as he is now. But he has shown a lot of glimpses that he can get back to that level. I mean, guys, remember it was a halfway through last season. I think he came back in December. From December on to April, he had one of the best 5v5 save percentages in hockey. He was 
at the top of his game. He was seeing pucks very well, playing big in his net. You know Matt Murray is on his game when he's big in his net. He's seeing the pucks well. You know, there's still all that glove side garbage that people like to term. I mean, if you guys want to see that theory basically, you know, put to rest, you know, go follow Jeff from Penn's blog on Twitter. His at is um, G underscore OFF817. He actually did like a whole study of just basically tracking um, when Matt Murray gave up all of his goals last season, you know, where were they? Blocker side, glove side, five hole, whatever. And, you know, the, the results were, it was not all glove side, as some people like to say. You know, that's just an easy little thing that people like to say because Matt Murray gives up glove side goals sometimes. It happens to all goalies, but you know what? Because it's Matt Murray, people like to just hype it up like it's everything in the world. So I really don't understand that. Now, has Tristan Jari had a very good training camp? Absolutely. It looks like he's been the star of the camp. He's seen the puck well. He's making some very acrobatic saves from what I've been seeing. I was watching part of the scrimmage yesterday on the beach. You know, Life was really good yesterday. I'm at 10.45 a.m. watching the scrimmage. Corona in one hand, phone in the other, just watching the scrimmage. Uh, that's There's not many things that are better than that. Well, it, it did suck though that it was in 100-degree heat. That, that, that It is just way too hot. Uh, to be at the beach sometimes. But still, anyways, Tristan Jari looked absolutely outstanding yesterday. Um, I've seen some of the highlights that the Penguins put on their official Twitter account. He's looked very, very, very good. And I also put out a tweet on Saturday about this, especially after, you know, seeing all the the bad Matt Murray takes. Oh, my God, like the scrimmage, it's a big deal. Oh, my God, how can you start Matt Murray? And it's like, well, you know what? It's simple why you can start Matt Murray. He is the proven guy. He's taken you to two Stanley Cup championships, and he has shown the ability to really, really turn it on in the playoffs when it counts. That is why you go to Matt Murray. Now, how long will the leash be? Who knows? It's probably going to be shorter than what some people think it will be. I've seen others say they think it's going to be longer than what some people think that it will be. I, I, I'm on the former side. I think it's going to be a short leash because of just how good Tristan Jari has been this camp. But like I said, going back to my tweet on Saturday... You know, like even though like I definitely think that Matt Murray will start game one, I just I absolutely love it that Jari is just playing his ass off and he's making the decision, you know, just perhaps a bit more difficult. And I really think he is. I think Mike Sullivan is sitting back here like, wow, you know, Tristan Jari hundred percent is playing his ass off, probably making this decision a little more harder than I thought it would be because I thought Matt Murray would have a better first week of training camp. But, you know, this is now a much bigger week now for Murray. This is the second week of camp before the Penguins travel to the Hub Cities. I believe they travel, is it this coming weekend? I think is that their first, their only exhibition game versus the Flyers comes a week from today at 4 o'clock against them on the 28th. So I believe they're going to be traveling there this coming weekend to get acclimated there, you know, quarantine for a couple days before the exhibition game starts. And then, of course, the season kicks off in about a week and a half with their first game against Montreal. That comes not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. But still. I'm going to be very curious to see the Penguins still have two more intra-squad scrimmage games coming this week. I think they're on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So still look forward for that. Well, I'll have my thoughts on what I saw from those scrimmages coming up later in the week. So that'll either be a Thursday night episode or that's going to be a Friday morning episode. I haven't really decided just yet. But yeah, like, so just to basically sum up the Murray-Jari situation, I think Matt Murray is going to go game one if he does not. I have told a couple people already, I will eat all the crow in the world. It will not be the first time I've been wrong, not by a long shot. It will not be the last time I'm wrong about something. I'm usually wrong about something at least once or twice a day. Would not be a surprise if I was. But still, I think people really need to chill out on the Matt Murray situation. 
Yes, he gave up seven goals in a scrimmage. It's not good. But you know what? It's not the end of the world. You know, would, we, would you guys be doing this if this was Marc-Andre Fleury in this situation, giving up seven goals and Tristan Jari was the backup and he's been was playing his ass off? Nope. And you absolutely know it would not be true because people absolutely love Marc-Andre Fleury and they hate Matt Murray for no reason. But still, we'll very, very much be much looking forward to seeing how Matt Murray responds this week, see if he has a much better week of training camp. All right, so we're back on this episode for the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, just want to take this segment to talk about um, who else has impressed me during training camp so far who could potentially have a much bigger role than anticipated going into the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Penguins. Um, so far, I definitely like Evan Rodriguez. Um, I know a couple people have also tweeted this out. Rodriguez just looks like he's so like silky. He has very nice hands with the puck. He scored an absolute beauty of a goal yesterday. What a feed from Jake Gensel, who I will get to in a minute because Jake Gensel looks absolutely phenomenal. But Gensel, beautiful pass of two Rodriguez, who basically goes forehand, backhand, top cheese on Tristan Jari. And, you know, he's just he, he's turning into quite a bit of a player. I mean, I think I think I really hope the Penguins will re-sign him after the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see if he gets the nod for opening night against the Montreal Canadiens, I really don't think he will if this team is 100% healthy. I mean, if Sidney Crosby is, is back, I mean, we already have Patrick Lundquist back, but still, if Crosby is back, which all indications are that it looks like he will be ready to go. I was reading a couple reports yesterday. Um, well, Rob Rossi and just basically just Josh Hill were saying, like, yeah, if there was a playoff game, you know, tomorrow, Sid would most likely definitely be playing. So, like I said, I think he's definitely going to be back. Um, he's, he, Evan Rodriguez will not be in if both those guys are back. But still, if there is an, an injury that comes for the Penguins, these Stanley Cup playoffs, and rest assured, it, it is a highly likely chance that there probably will be one, considering, you know, it's the Penguins. They've been hurt basically all season. Evan Rodriguez will be able to step in just fine. It looks like he has a really strong hockey IQ. We really didn't get to see too much of him during the regular season because, of course, the season shut down, like, what, two to three weeks after he was acquired. So, I mean, it absolutely sucks that we couldn't get more of a look at him. But still, through one week of training camp, I really liked how Rodriguez has played. You know, he's stepping in for Sidney Crosby while he's been hurt with this maintenance issue. And he just he does not look out of place at all. So I'm really excited to see more of Rodriguez this week and see if he could potentially really make a push to be in the top 12 when the playoffs start, despite Sidney Crosby and Patrick Hornquist being back. Um, also, like so I alluded to it earlier, Jake Ensel, I mean, he's ready, folks. I mean, we'll, we'll probably keep this a little bit short, but yeah, Jake Ensel's 100% ready. Um, he looks awesome. He's been taking some contact. He's had some very um, nifty passes, like I said, the one to Evan Rodriguez. He's also had a couple very nice finishes for goals. Um, I cannot stress enough how big it is to get this player back and just how much of a matchup nightmare this is going to make the Penguins. Um, Jesse Marshall had a really outstanding article just from this morning talking about the Zucker, Malkin, Russ line as basically the Penguins' um, second first line, but that Gensel with Crosby line with Connor Sherry, who will also get to Connor Sherry right after this, I mean, it's just going to be completely filthy. Um, You know what you're going to get from Gensel in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, he's one of the best playoff goal scorers that I've seen in such a short uh, career so far. And I just, I can't wait to see what he does for this week of training camp. I'm sure he's going to completely light it up in these two scrimmages. And I really hope he lights up the Flyers and the exhibition game, just like he did, he did in the elimination game with, in game six of 2018 when he had the four goal game. So, you know, that was a little bit quick on Jake Ensel, but you know, in summary, he's been awesome. You expect him to be awesome. He's, it looks like he's hundred percent healthy. He's taking contact. He will be available game one. I know Gensel has tried to play it down 
yeah, we got to see where I am. We got to see where I am. Dude, you're healthy. You're going to be on the top line with Sidney Crosby. It's great to have him back. And, you know, it looks like he has a bit of that flow going. He's not going to cut his hair, it looks like. So that's awesome, too. But also, Connor Sherry, you know, he's looked really, really good, I thought, this training camp as well. Um, a lot of people still like to say that he falls down a lot. Um, one of my best friends, Jeff, from Penguin Twitter, who has been on this podcast a couple of times, you know, he was a very big advocate for getting Connor Sherry back from Buffalo. Was not really that high on it at the time because I thought there could be better targets, but, you know, I'm definitely eating some crow on that. He had that very uh, nifty pass to Cindy Crosby in that first uh, scrimmage. It looked like that, um, if you guys remember the old Sean Bergenheim goal, um, for the, the Lightning in 2011 that eliminated the Penguins in seven games. What was that, a one nothing score? I think the Penguins probably hit, like, three posts that game or something. But, yeah, it was basically the Bergenheim pass behind the net right to Dominic Moore, or I could have it backwards. It was one of the two, but still. Right behind the net, right to an open Sidney Crosby who just buried it past Matt Murray. I mean, Matt Murray just basically had no shot. I mean, I, I remember watching that goal in the game seven in 2011. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury... Didn't even know where the puck was. Same with memory. I went back and watched that highlight. He basically literally had no idea where that puck was, but still. Those are the kind of low-key, underrated plays that Connor Sherry can make on a nightly basis. He seems like he's very, very happy to be back in Pittsburgh, rightfully so. I mean, you know, it's hard playing on a Buffalo team that's been rebuilding for the last decade, a team that was selling at the deadline again, even though they were trying to win with Jack Eichel, who may ask out, but you know, that's a whole discussion for another day but still you know it's it's a seamless transition for Sherry he knows how to play with Sidney Crosby he knows how to play with Jake Gensel that nifty play behind the net is evidence of that and I'm going to be really really excited to see as well for him how he plays in the second week of training camp and going forward in the Stanley Cup playoffs and if he can contribute more than he did in the last playoff run for the Penguins remember that 2016-17 run was not nearly as good as he was in the 2015-16 run um just you know was not scoring like he was in 2015-16. Honestly, just wasn't really contributing. I think, honestly, he was a healthy scratch at times during that run. So hopefully he does not play at that level during this Stanley Cup playoff run and that he's able to get back to the level that we saw from him in 2015-16. Um, we've already touched on Tristan Jari. You know, we all know he's had a magnificent camp. He's making the decision perhaps a little more difficult than it needs to be for Mike Sullivan. But also, um, this one I think has also been talked about a little bit. Well, maybe not as much not as much from the local media as I would think, but still, Jason Zucker, I think, has had a very strong training camp next to Evgeny Malkin. It looks like they have instant chemistry. We'll get to Evgeny Malkin uh, up next to save the best for last because he just looks like a man on a mission. But Jason Zucker has had, I think, a very flawless training camp. That line, like I said earlier, with Evgeny Malkin is going to be lethal in the playoffs. I really don't know how the Canadians are going to defend both Gensel and Crosby on one line and then Zucker with Malkin on another, especially with Brian Russ next to them. That line is just going to be unfair for the Canadians. But still, I know they didn't really play too much together, even strength, but it looks like they're they're finding a lot of chemistry in this training camp. Zucker has gone to the net pretty hard a couple times. I think I think he scored one goal and one in the scrimmages. I'm going to have to go back and double check, but still. I really like the way Jason Zucker has looked in training camp. I'm very excited to see how he does in the playoffs because he has been a proven playoff goal scorer in the past, even though it was with the Minnesota Wild, who bowed out early in a lot of playoff series. He still is able to have... Quite a, quite a few playoff goals, especially the overtime winner against the Chicago Blackhawks, which came, I think, in the 2012-2013 series. I think that was Game 3 of that series, even though the Wild lost in, like, five games. Still a very, very clutch moment for him. And, you know, in the segment with Evgeny Malkin, like I said, he looks like a man on the mission. 
he looks like he wants to carry the Penguins to a fourth championship in the Sidney Crosby of getting Malkin era. His defensive work this camp has been absolutely outstanding. Um, just in all three phases of the ice, he just looks flawless. I mean, I, I can't compliment Evgeny Malkin enough. His passes has been crisp. You know, he's, he's been scoring. Like I said, his defensive work has been really, really good. I mean, and also like, you could really tell he was taking this just very, very seriously right when he got to training camp at the, at the start of this season. Not just for this, coming back to training camp for the restart of the season, but for the start of the 2019-20 season, you could tell that this camp was weighing a lot on him. There's not many times where you have the shot to bring your franchise another championship, especially the fourth in your era. And I think he recognizes that and sees this as a very big opportunity for the Penguins to really make a deep run. I think the Penguins can beat basically any team in the East. I think he recognizes that too. I mean, just look what he's been saying to the media the last couple of days. I'm not going to say all the quotes on this podcast, but still, you guys can find that online. But he's absolutely locked in. I'm very, very excited for him. I can't wait to see what he does in the playoffs too. I, I honestly think he's going to have a moment just like he did in 2009 against the Carolina Hurricanes where he made Cam Ward his personal biatch that entire series, especially in Game 2 when he had the hat trick. And then basically, you, you all know, we had the goal heard around the world. So I, I honestly think a moment like that is coming for Evgeny Malkin with the way he's locked in right now. And I'm sure this will not be the last time that I talk about him this week with regards to how he's performing in training camp. But um, some honorable mentions. I'm Sam Lafferty. I think has also looked really, really good. We all know he's going to be a healthy scratch when the playoffs start, but if the Penguins are going to need him, which you know they very likely will considering in the injuries for the Penguins in the playoffs, I think he, he will be able to step in just fine for the Penguins in a fourth-line role, third-line role. He's actually looked really, really good this camp as well. So to finish off this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, there was a couple mailbag questions that I got on Friday after I put out a tweet out on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. I actually had ended up recording my episode about an hour after because I didn't hear anything. But, of course, in typical fashion, they both asked their questions after the episode was recorded. I guess I just didn't give enough time. But we're going to answer them right now. Locked On Sharks asks us, we are hearing rumors that Patrick Marlowe is indeed a penguin. Can you confirm this? Um, let's see here. How can we do this? Okay, let's just Google this. Is Patrick Marlowe a penguin? And let's see what pops up. Yes, the Penguins acquire Patrick Marlowe from the Sharks. Patrick is a player who can play anywhere in our lineup, says Jim Rutherford. So yes, Locked On Sharks. Patrick Marlowe is a Pittsburgh Penguin. He's been play- he's playing on the third line, and he's also I-, I didn't mention him as an honorable mention. I should have. He's looked outstanding this training camp. It is amazing just how well he can still fly at being what over forty years of age at this point. Speed is definitely not a problem. I remember when I had Jesse Marshall on? It was on deadline day. Well, the episode was recording during the night, right after the Penguins got Marlowe. And I was questioning him about Marlowe's speed. I'm like, Jesse, like this guy is about, what, 40 years old, a little over 40? Do you really think he can keep up with the Penguins? He put me right in my place there. I ate all the crow in the world. Yes, he can absolutely keep up with the Penguins and Mike Sullivan's system. He's looked just very good this camp. Um, I really, really hope that the Penguins can get a cup for him. That's the last big thing that he just has not won at the NHL level. And the Locked On Sharks, guys, I really, really hope you will be cheering the Penguins on during this playoff run as they look to get the fourth Stanley Cup in the Sydney Crosby of getting Malkin era, but more importantly, getting Patrick Marlowe his first ever Stanley Cup and potentially his last one as well. Also, this question came from Locked On Lightning. 
this will actually wrap up our episode of Locked on Penguins podcast for uh, this morning. But they ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is an upset likely to occur in your series with Montreal? Also realistic are the rumors that Malkin's son will sign with the team for the playoffs true. So, for number one, for the first question, for the scale of 1 to 10, I'm honestly going to give it a 3. I mean, it's just not that likely that the Penguins are going to lose to this Montreal team. I really don't think that the Canadians are that deep of a team. Like I said, I know Jonathan Drouin is great. I know Brendan Gallagher is great. It looks like Max Domi is going to play, which is a big boost for Montreal. I like Max Domi's game. I know Paul Byron is good. Artari Lekkinen. Shea Weber is still not bad. He's not as good as he used to be, and you always have to be aware of Carey Price potentially going God mode, but I really don't see that happening, and like I said, the Penguins can roll four lines out against the Canadians. The Canadians cannot do the same in return against the Penguins. I like the Penguins' defensive core a lot better than Montreal. And um, as long as the Penguins' goaltending just doesn't completely shit the bed, whether it's Matt Murray or Tristan Jari, which I really don't expect it to do, I think the Penguins should be able to roll the Canadians in this series. Um, not quite. On, I don't have my prediction just yet. I think the Penguins will win this series. Just not sure on my prediction for how many games. Um, we'll have a prediction coming up. We're going to have a full excuse me, crossover episode with the Locked On Canadians podcast uh, starting next week. It's going to be over a three-day period, so look for that coming next week. We're going to have three um, shows next week. We're just going to be 20 minutes one day, 20 minutes the next day, and then 20 minutes the day after to just preview the whole series um, in depth. But also for the next question, uh, so are the rumors that Malkin's son, Nikita, will sign with the, uh, for the playoffs, is that true? Um, I believe they are true. Uh, Nikita, it looks like he started skating for the first time. I think he's, what, four years old now? So, yeah, you know, bring on Nikita. I'm sure he's going to be a Penguin in, what's 14 years from now, but maybe 2034, 2035. You know, when the Penguins draft him with the number one, number two overall pick. So, cannot wait for that. And you know what? Just put him on the ice now. You know, I'm sure he'll be able to score a couple goals um, a game for the Penguins because, you know, he's a Malkin and looks like he's already ready to start playing hockey. I'm sure he's honestly going to start playing Pee Wee. You got to think pretty soon. But um, that'll wrap up this episode for the Locked On Penguins podcast for today. Um, We'll be back tomorrow with more training camp stuff, some more other goodies that we're going to have coming this week as well that you guys will just have to see. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast, and we will be back tomorrow.